the shoreline to the beltway, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we stay up late to recap an exciting Super Bowl 56. We discover there are other sports going on besides football, and we go to Hollywood. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Denko is here. Hey, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. Head of Kufins for Lebanon Luge, Chuck Rambaldo is here as well. <laughs> what is Kufins? What is Kufins? Kufins is German for runners, the steering oh. mechanism on a luge. Beautiful. Hey, man. <laughs> Someone has to be in charge of that, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and for the Lebanese the luge. From Lebanon. <laughs> Chucky, let's start with you. This week, UConn's women's basketball team lost a conference game, which might not seem like a big deal, but it was the first time UConn lost a game in its own conference since December 29th, 2013. That's a streak of 97 months without losing a conference game. And the team was 169 and O during that span. To put that into some perspective, in 2013, Obama was still president. Lance Armstrong had just done his Oprah interview. LeBron won a title with the Heat. Uh, I'm not sure your wife was alive yet. And it was also <laughs> the last time Burke was on the show. So <laughs> what streaks have you had running since 2013, Chucky? Or name one thing you ever went 169 and 0 at. Oh, f- man, I'm thinking of something witty, but I have nothing. That is a <laughs> massive achievement. Yeah, I'm trying to is think like UConn, UConn's not in like a pushover conference, oh, right? It's a big yeah. East. Yeah. B- big East. Yeah. yeah. 90 some months, 169 and 0. Arguments in my head. That's probably the only thing that <laughs> I uh, am 169 and 0 in my life. Had him going since 2013. <laughs> yeah, either way, <laughs> still impressive. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's get started and start from the Super Bowl. Our first segment of the night: the Bengals versus the Rams in Super Bowl 56. The Rams stage a comeback to bring a title to LA. 23 to 20. Was this a great game or an average game until a really exciting final five minutes? I think it was more an average game and it was fun because it was close. It would never really got out of hand and it was an average game until the, in the very end, it almost felt like a, one of those fights you get hyped up for and you watch two guys kind of feel each other out for most of the fight. And then all of a sudden there's just a flurry of action at the end of the yeah, fight and either, yeah. either a knockout occurs or they just go to the judges. Right. So it wasn't that exciting most of the game. The, the second half opened up pretty exciting, uh, and then there was yep. a big, big lull. Yep. It was a real clean game. There were hardly any penalties called until that last drive. Until that last, uh, yeah, and not which, even the last drive. It was the like last the end play. Of the last, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. After a while, the Bengals were just committing fouls on top of fouls, so you had to you had to throw some flags there. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think it was an average game with a really exciting ending. I wouldn't call it ugly because there weren't a lot of penalties uh, and turnovers, especially weren't really like Stafford's fault, at least on that second one, but it wasn't bright lights, big city. And and I think maybe we might be a little jaded too, because we, the Browns have a great running game and not that these teams don't, but you could hardly run the ball. At least most of the time I'm paying attention to it. I'm like, I don't think I saw a run over like 10 or 15 yards all game. And I might be wrong. Stat department can look it up, but not ugly, but big stage. It kind of was just like, meh. It was all right. It wasn't even a game where, hey, you just had good defense, and so there wasn't a lot of scoring. It just didn't seem like there was much of anything going on. Like, neither team could get the ball past their own 40 for most of the game. Uh, And then, of course, as the NFL becomes more like the NBA, I guess, you know, everybody's always got a run in them, and the Rams had a run at the end. I was surprised the Rams were able to do anything in that last drive because they really hadn't moved the ball at all since the first quarter. And so they guess they found the key of just throwing the ball, the cup every single time was the only thing they had left, but that's what made it exciting at the end. What did you think of all of those penalty calls, giving the Rams chance after chance after chance to get in for that final touchdown? I guess I I should start with (laughs) setting the stage on that T Higgins touchdown that that wasn't called on T Higgins for the face yeah. mask and push oh, yeah. off. Yep. So it, it seemed like at least they were going to let them play a little bit, but a lot of those penalties were egregious. I mean, the hold on the linebacker might not have been that bad, but, but still it doesn't upset me that they had to throw them. I didn't think the, the Bengals got screwed or anything. The only difference is that they kind of let them play a little for 
three and uh, three quarter quarters, basically. <laughs> the first penalty that was thrown down by the goal line, the holding on the linebacker with the, the guy running across the middle. I thought, oh, God, how are you? You let that go all game. And now that's you're exactly right. Yeah. You're, you're going to throw the flag on this play. That wasn't a fourth down play, but it gave them a first down. Half the distance of the goal in the first down. I kind of muddies the water a little bit here at the end of this game. And then on the next play, the Bengals had like three infractions on the yeah. same play. Yeah. They were holding all of the wide receivers. So I'm like, all right, I guess it balances that out because you're going to put the ball on the one now anyway. The, the first play was iffy. And then after that, every every penalty that was thrown was warranted. And there were a couple offsetting penalties. There were some personal fouls. And it just got sloppy all of a sudden, really close down uh, at the goal line. I agree with Chuck. I don't think the Bengals got screwed. I think they just couldn't, they just couldn't keep it together there in that, in that moment. Phil, did you think Burrow was going to take him down the field to get the field goal at the end? You know, after that play to Jamar Chase, where I think, yeah, it was Chase, right? He, he got a, a yeah. big hit. It was yep. a short, short yeah. pass, but then Chase took off and got a lot of uh, yards after catch there. I thought, okay, they're going to, they're a couple completions away from a field goal to send us to overtime. I, I thought that's what we were about to see. And then it just, that Rams defensive front, and you almost were waiting for it to happen and on every possession for the Bengals. They just overpowered that that beat up Bengals offensive line. And, and really, Burrow didn't have a chance. After that play, he didn't have much of a chance to do anything. Chucky, what about you? Uh, almost the same exact feelings. After that, Ramsey tried to jump that pass to Chase and gave up all those yards. I, I thought, man, they need two plays and they're within field goal range and that guy will hit it. And we're yeah. much like the narrative for this playoff run. We're going to overtime, man. Yeah. Phil, right on the money about their D-line, really not letting him set up anything. And I, I don't know if that dude would have had a chance on that fourth down, you know, he was close to the ball, but I thought, yeah, Joe Burrow has, especially what he fucking wore to the Super Bowl today. I don't know if you saw that. How <laughs> yeah. I saw that. This guy can do just about anything. If he can pull off that look, I thought maybe, yeah, just because the way the playoffs have ran that, that he would at least get him in field goal range for a chance to tie it. Joe Burrow is so perfect to live and work in Cincinnati. It's not even funny. Uh, <laughs> he, he belongs there. Those are his people. You know, I think that the the mistake was the third and one. Yep. Where they ran it right into the middle yep. of the line with that, that Perrine guy who had right. gotten stopped, I think, earlier in the game, once at least, if not more. That was the mistake because then once it's once it's fourth down, you know, almost anything can happen. And that's where I think they lost it. But I thought once they got to the 50, you're like, all right, they need 15 yards. They've got like a minute 10. And they've got two timeouts. This is this is easy. And they just, you know, didn't happen for him. That third down play, though, that was all Aaron Donald, man. Did you see yeah. the way he he stopped that guy and just pulled him back? Yeah. With like brute strength. And in in a Browns like moment, where was Joe Mixon on that play? Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. You know, like that's that's well, I think they've been using that Perrine guy as like the third down back in those third and short situations, the whole game. I don't know if they've been doing that the whole season, but I don't know if that was unusual for them not to have. I'm not saying it was a good decision not to have Mixon yeah, on sure. the field. He had some nice runs, but overall, like Chucky was saying earlier, nobody really ran the ball. No, right. It yeah, just wasn't that type game. of game. That's why, I don't know, man. Most of their short yardage plays on third and fourth down throughout the game they were in the shotgun and just letting Burrow find somebody quick and dump it out. Not sure why that wasn't the play on third and one there, but well, there you go. They don't win the Super Bowl <laughs> because of that, maybe. <laughs> Who had the most important knee in the game, OBJ or Joe Burrow? The most important knee, man. I don't, I, I had a hard time telling if Joe Burrow's injury toward the end of the game affected him at all when he came back out there it looked like the way he went off the field like geez he might look bad back out right? there yeah, yeah right yeah uh and then when he went back out there didn't it didn't look like it was messing with him as he was moving around in the pocket he didn't have a whole lot of time to move around in the pocket though so i don't know if, if if he had to like scramble to get a first down if he would have been able to do it i don't know in the moment i thought for sure obj's knee was way more important because the rams looked terrible after he went out they looked deflated they couldn't move the ball and it's a weird question because uh, <laughs> because OBJ ended up winning. So if his knee is the most important, although it's injured, his team won. Uh, and Joe Burrow's knee, if it's the most important, led to them losing. This is where I, I don't know how to answer this question. Um, I'm going to say the most important knee. <laughs> I'm going to give it to OBJ, man. I'm going to give it to OBJ for, for reasons beyond this game. I feel like if he's re-injured that left knee in a yeah. contract year, Yep. Like that's a problem for that guy. And, you know, he was having a great Super Bowl too, uh, really yep. early on. I mean, he was, you could tell they were running the offense through him because they were 
focusing on cup and OBJ was making plays. So I'm, I'll give it to OBJ's knee. Most important knee. All right, uh, Chuck. Yeah. Most, uh, most um, important. Most knee. important knee. It's a real hard hitting question. If you're going to believe the propaganda by Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, it was OBJ. When the narrative I heard throughout, and I realize he's the biggest story apparently in the Super Bowl that they latched onto. But when they talked about and used verbiage like Cleveland threw him in the trash and the Lord led him to Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm more offended as a Browns <laughs> fan or a Christian. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, are we not acting? Uh, and I get it. We're from the city, so we might know the story a little more. They handed him on a silver platter to the Rams. He got to pick where he wanted to go. Yeah. So, yes, his knee was the most important for that broadcast. And Phil's right. I'm not, I'm happy for it. I'm glad he got it. I didn't appreciate the weeping at the end of the game. It's like, uh, it was super weird to see him just openly crying, but I'm happy he got that. I should use that disclaimer, but Phil's right. The offense was, was a much different offense when he was on the field. So uh, the game might've looked a lot different uh, if he stayed healthy the whole time, but uh, he got a ring. So good for him. I think. Chucky, it was you who brought it up last week when we were doing the preview that it wasn't going to be the big name receivers that were going to have the big impact. It was like that next level down, which of those guys was going to have the best game. And it was him. It was OBJ. Yeah. He, he looked fantastic in that first quarter and he gets hurt and they didn't score again until a, a, what a field goal in the third quarter. And then the final, the winning drive touchdown. Yep. Yeah. But offense really, really went downhill after he got hurt. Burroughs was scary though, because it looked like it wasn't like a contact thing. It was like a twist. And then all of a sudden he's on the ground, he's like screaming. And you think, man, it was going to be his other knee, not the one that he had injured the year before. And the last thing you want to see happen to that kid who, who has such a bright future, but yeah, I think OBJ had the most important knee in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Listen, man, I watched the game and then I tried to write this in like 15 minutes before we started recording. Cut me some slack. So the MVP was Cooper Cup. Should it have been Aaron Donald? I think he has a strong case for it, but it's an offensive league and Cooper Cup's had a record-breaking unreal season. I think you have a real argument, but the, the sexier pick is, is Cooper Cup. You have two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. If you have three or four sacks, uh, two touchdowns still trump that. So I, I think Cooper Cup probably deserved it. Yeah, I could see it going either way, but I think uh, Cooper Cup was apparently the focus of the Bengals defense to take him out of the game. And it seemed like it was working for the most of the game. And then at that last possession, it was almost like the Rams said, all right, I don't care how many guys you put on him. We're just going to throw yeah, we're the just ball gonna his throw way it every time and yeah. see what happens. And we all saw what happened. The guy caught anything that came near him. I thought he was going to get taken out of the game for a play with that helmet, the helmet. Call. I think he probably yeah. should have. I and can't I think believe by the wasn't. letter of the, yeah, right. Yeah. By the letter of the law in the, in the, the league rules, it's, it was one of those weird thing. It was an offsetting penalty. So there was no real, it didn't really matter, so to speak in field gained or lost, right? It didn't matter. Like, let's just do, do that play over. And they just kind of let them huddle up where I was surprised, you know, in a regular season, I bet, I bet that guy gets pulled for a play they get from above. They look at it like that guy yep. just got his bell rung, get him out. But then he came right back. I think he had a, the next play he was involved in again. Yeah. Uh, not to say he wasn't no. concussed, but, but yeah, you know, the guy, <laughs> you know, the guy, uh, He's an old school football player, man. He's that guy, like, just get him the ball and let him do his thing. There's a really good argument for Donald. I just think as a defensive player, you've got to go so off the charts in order to win the MVP in the Super Bowl over an offensive player. And he didn't have that huge a game. Like, he was really kind of quiet in the first half and then picked it up, like, near the end of the game. But I'll tell you what, man, he blew up those final four plays for the Bengals and kept them from getting into field goal range and having a chance to tie that game. And maybe they should have been co-MVPs. Maybe that's what should have happened. I think they I think both Burl got it. sacked six times in the third quarter. So yeah. I don't know. Donald, yeah. didn't have, you know, he may have only had one of them, but he, you know, I'm sure he was he's, the reason he's helping those. Yeah, right. cause those. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Will either of these teams be back in the Super Bowl next year? No, it's so hard. Obviously, unless you're the, the Buffalo Bills in the 90s, 80s, and 90s to get back there. I don't know if it's because you get a target on your back or turnover rosters, whatever they change. No, I, I don't think either of them get back there. We saw the Rams go all in and 
for good reason. You know, they, they raise a trophy today. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure their contract status for a lot of their players. I know they were teasing that Aaron Donald might walk away from the game uh, after this one, but and the Bengals are a young team. So I, I assume you're looking at some sort of letdown. Hopefully in our yeah, division, you absolutely. are looking for some sort yeah. of letdown next year in it. You know who should be really down on themselves right now is the Cincinnati Bengals, and that should carry over another six or seven months. Right. Yeah, agreed. Thank you. What about you? Either of these teams making it back? No, I don't think either one of these teams make it back next year. Like Chuck said, it is just so hard to get back there in, unless you're Brady and Belichick and the same squad, uh, and that's not happening again. So, although he might come out of retirement already, how about that? Um, yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there. Ruin the pod. The, <laughs> So I don't know. I can't see, man, the AFC, it's going to be hard for any team to get yeah. back year after year in the AFC in the, in the foreseeable future, just with the young core of quarterbacks that you've got coming up to there. The NFC, I don't know. I, th- I think Chuck's right. I think the Rams probably have to dump some of these guys in the off season. And um, that might be hard to, to get past Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers. <laughs> <That's> so bad. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I don't think either team makes it back. I don't know that I feel like we had the two best teams in football in the Super Bowl this year. They were the two, two teams that paid the, played the best when they needed to in the playoffs, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the best teams. And if they can't put that type of run together next year, then they're probably not getting back in. There's a chance for all of the other teams in the NFL to make it because these guys probably aren't. But that, fellas, is the end of NFL 2021, 2022, we close the book on this season. We begin the long, cold summer without football. But wait, we're only 60 days away from kickoff of the USFL. The inaugural game, April 16th, New Jersey Generals travel to Alabama for a game against the Birmingham Stallions. Earlier this month, the final two teams hired head coaches. Jeff Fisher is the new coach of the Michigan Panthers. Go Panthers. It's nice that they have coaches in place a couple months before the season starts. No rosters yet, though. Um, which might be troublesome. So, uh, Phil, are you in on the new USFL starting in 60 days? How many teams are in the new USFL? Eight, I think. Eight teams. And isn't the XFL firing back up, too, with The Rock in his purple suit? Isn't that happening? Some might be. Might Man, be, but I don't um, know. Maybe not until next year. I'm not all that interested. I'm going to be knee-deep in Cavalier postseason play. All right, Chucky, how about you? I usually watch football no matter what game is on, so I'm sure I'll sample some of the USFL, assuming it's got a TV contract somewhere. Fox Sports is one of the owners of the USFL, so you better believe you're going to be seeing USFL on the weekends this spring. All right. Tell me who Johnny Manziel's playing for. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I mean, when you're your big hire is Jeff Fisher and there's no roster. Uh, I assume, I'll, like I said, I'll still watch it, but uh, unless like the top 50 prospects coming out of college this year, decide to get drafted to the USFL, I don't know how long I'll be watching it. So I assume um, it, it's not going to be the best quality football, but it's football nonetheless. So I'm sure I'll watch it. Well, it's adorable that you guys don't think we're going to be doing weekly recaps of USFL (laughs) games and that we're not going to do a segment in the coming weeks where we pick our new favorite USFL teams, (laughs) but I appreciate it. We are, of course, going to cover the USFL. (laughs) Can't wait. All right, fellas, with that, why don't we take our first break? We'll come back and talk about all the other sports. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment from everywhere else. We'll start with our sip of wine and gold, our Cleveland Cavs weekly recap. Cavs trying to roll into the break. They had a solid win against the Spurs early in the week. Another come-from-behind win over the Pacers, but a clunker last night, losing to the 76ers by 10 on the road. At the end of the week, the Cavs were 35-22 and 22 for the season, tied with the Bucks for third in the conference. Exciting part of the week for sure was that we got to see our first full week of Karis LeVert on the team. He played all three games, uh, came off the bench against the Spurs and the 76ers, started the Pacers game with Garland out. He had 11 points on 4 for 11 shooting against the Spurs, 22 points on 10 for 19 against the Pacers, 11 points on 5 for 16 against the 76ers. So scale of one to five, one being Mark Price, five being George Costanza, is Laverta Chucker. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I guess I'll give it like a two and a half. I don't think he's a chucker. I think he's trying to fit in and find a role on his new team with their rotations not being set. And as you know, I was a big fan of this move. Uh, I hoped they would bring him here. So I think he settles in just fine. Once Garland's healthy, Markinen's healthy, uh, whatever happens there. And he knows what his role truly is, if it's off the bench or if it's starting, whatever it is. Uh, so I'll give it a two out of five, but mostly leaning towards uh, one. Yeah, I don't think he's a chucker necessarily. It looked like it that first game. So I'll, I'll give him a, you know, let's put him in the middle. Two, two and a half. Without his play against the Pacers, I don't think the Cavs win that game. They yeah, were. Yeah, I agree. They were getting, getting beat badly, and he pretty much caught them back up in the fourth quarter. Give him some time to figure out his role. Any player coming off the Cavs bench, though, that's putting up double digits, like he's going to fit in just fine. This is what this is what these guys do. It's, yeah. it's pretty impressive. I'm kind of only half kidding. Because he actually had, especially in that game against the Pacers, when it, it's really unfair to put a guy who's been on your team for a week at point guard, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. because yeah. you're all-star. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's asking a lot from that guy. And he played really well. He's a better passer than I thought he was. He's like getting the ball inside to like love and to Allen and stuff like that. He did a great job. Good defender. I have a feeling we're going to get have to get used to the inefficiency sometimes of his shot selection. And he's going to have these games where he's, you know, five for 15. But if he's picking up a few assists along the way and he's rebounding and he's playing solid defense, you need him because you need that real active drive to the hoop type of guy on this team. They just, especially with Garland out, like they, they just stand around the three-point line, flipping the ball back and forth to each other and nobody making any moves until there's like four seconds left on the shot clock. So far, I think I would not call this trade a bust. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> Do you think that Levert coming to the team is going to be a spark for Okoro? Okoro had 14 against the Spurs. He had 10 against the Pacers and played awesome defense. And right when I thought this was a really good question, he had five points against the 76ers and his plus minus in that game was minus 25. He didn't play well against the 76ers, but I don't think anybody did. We've mentioned this uh, last week, I think. You, you know, you've got Levert and Okoro, same kind of player, right? Their, their energy, their athletic they're not going to shoot the lights out. They're going to get points. Okoro is just not the scorer that Lavert well, is. Well, right, right, I mean, right. He's just so, not. So that's where I was going with this. The difference is I think you give the nod to Okoro typically on defense and you give the nod to Lavert on offense. So you've got the, the, the pendulum kind of swings one way or the other with those two guys, but they're a very similar athletic to kind of player, right? So I don't know. I, I, I hope it sparks something in Okoro and they kind of play off each other. And if Okoro can be more of a lockdown defender, save for what he did against the 76ers, you know, then maybe you, you can run those guys in and out of the, the lineup and it doesn't change the flow of the game that much, you, you know, with the other guys around him, depending on who's out there. But we forget Okoro's so young, right? I mean, what is, is this his second year? Third yeah. year? Second, second year, right? Year. Um, he was a lottery pick. I mean, he was, he's a top five pick. Those guys are he was not, picked for defense are, though. He was picked for defense and, and the ability to slash and get to the rim because uh, the Cavs didn't have that with Sexton and, and um, Garland at the guard. So he was that other kind of guard, small forward kind of guy. And, and that's kind of what we have in Levert, too. So I don't know. Um, it either will spark something in our curl or he'll lose minutes and Levert will get more. And that's fine because that means he's scoring. That's a pretty good explanation by both of you. Uh, so, <laughs> Would you uh, like to move on to the next question? I mean, <laughs> other than to recap. Uh, is very young. I think he's made very good strides offensively this year, but Levert's a more polished player. Uh, I don't know if it pushes Okoro to be better. I think his age is going to make him be better in his experience as he gains it in the league will be better. Uh, and he'll develop into a much better offensive player as you're starting to see flashes of it sometimes this year. But overall, if you need a lockdown defender, he's on, he's on the floor. Probably if you need points or somebody to create their own shot, Levert's on the floor. They'll complement each other. I don't know if they push each other. It's not like they're trying to be a starting quarterback for the Browns or something along those lines, but uh, I think they're both good for this team. Is that an option for them? <laughs> That's something we should consider. Maybe. Can we look at that? We might need to look at that. Have you seen either of them throw? They're both over 5'11 by far. Yes, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Do you think LeBron wishes the Cavs had traded for him at the trade deadline? Uh, I think he wishes he could go anywhere. He looked like he was having fun at the Super Bowl tonight, though. And yeah. he's showing that chest hair and the gold chains. He looked great. But can you imagine 
if he was still here, uh, not even this year, we would have burned the city to the ground if they didn't make a move to improve the team. This right. is a guy who's still playing at an unbelievably high level. He's scoring more than he did in the past couple of years, and they did nothing to help yeah. him. That's something from experience <laughs> that makes him leave town. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. so I would assume, man, he, I would be very unhappy if I was team LeBron. I think LeBron would have absolutely loved to have been traded for at the at the deadline to come to Cleveland this year. I would love to know what he thinks about the Lakers' lack of moves. That team is in disarray, and they did nothing. They did absolutely yeah. nothing. I'm not sure um, they have. There was much they could. Who are you going to move Westbrook for? He's making like thirty six million bucks this year. Well, that's the problem. Is they've yeah, got they just can't. Yeah, they can't who's do it. Taking that on. Yeah, you know you you got him. You got him in town to be the the triple double generator that he was last year and and he can't do that and not that we're surprised by it you've got too many ball dominant guys on the yeah. team like what yeah. are you you know what are you gonna do so i don't know i i think yeah i think if if some crazy thing happened and lebron was traded for the deadline and he came to the Cavs, he would love it for this year <laughs> <laughs> next week for the Cavs, one game winner take all Cavs versus the hawks on tuesday night should the Cavs sit garland for this game and the all-star game, he'd get 12 days off from last night's game before they play the Pistons. That's a lot of rest in the middle of the season, right? It, it is. If he's, if he's really, if he's really hurting, then, then sure. But I mean, he dropped 27 points yesterday and he looked yeah, fine out yeah. there, you know, <laughs> yeah. he looked, he looked all right. So but I don't he had know. played a game and then he missed a game and then he played a game. Right. And right. That, that's the thing is like, why were you sitting in that game in the middle? That, that leads me to be concerned about what kind of condition he's in. Well, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but at the end of the game, Tristan Thompson gave him a bear hug and like he was broke he was his fuck back. Yeah. Like yeah. Darius Garland was in pain and Kevin Love had to like say something to oh Tristan Thompson. God. Like fucking Tristan like, Thompson. What are you doing? <laughs> uh it was awful. It was like right as they cut to commercial at the end of the game. But um so I, I thought for sure I'm like, well, there goes the the game against the 76ers. There's no way Garland's gonna play the next night after re-injuring his game, celebrating after or not even celebrating, but but taking a hug from an ex-teammate. Um, <laughs> but then he played and played well. He looked all right. I don't know. I mean, it's it, I guess it comes down to you know, what kind of injury is he dealing with? Is this something that he's young and if it's a muscular injury and he's having some low back pain, stiffness, and they're just making it a game day decision each day, right? Like, all right, how does warm up feel? It feels good. He may actually feel better as he's playing because he doesn't have the spine of, let's say, a 45-year-old. Are you sure about that? Yeah, pretty sure. So it it's, might be one of those things that, all right, he just it didn't loosen up for him well enough pregame, so let's sit him. You know, oh, it loosened up today, let's play, because as he plays, he gets better. I, I don't know. I can't imagine he sits in Cleveland for the All-Star game. So I don't know if you're going to get that many days off. Uh, maybe they cut his miss. I don't know. What do you think, Chuck? Am I overreacting? Is this guy fine? And I should just leave him alone to enjoy the stellar season he's having. I, I think you're a realist and know that the Cavs are a much worse team when he's not on the floor. He's their best player by far, but they seem to be load managing him. I mean, I, I, I would like to see him play at least this week. Maybe he's not playing his full load, but there's no way hometown boy sits during the all-star game. It, it's not happening. Plus, it's not like the all-star game is, you know, I mean, it's a step above the NFL pro bowl when it comes to <laughs> but competition, barely. <laughs> yeah. but barely. So, I mean, like, you know, nobody really is contesting shots or trying to trying to play real defense here. So, so he might I get hurt because he, he hoists like 33s in five. Yeah, minutes. maybe that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be worried about him playing. I think he'll be just fine. All right. Well, I hope he's all right. Uh, it certainly has been an exciting and successful first half of the season plus for the Cavs heading into the break. Uh, we'll be back to talk some basketball during next weekend's show for sure. And hopefully do another live pod of the dunk contest. But why don't we move away from our sip of wine and gold and go to maybe it's cold outside. The From the Land Winter Olympics recap. The first one of these we've done since the Olympics started. Been a lot of fun getting to watch weird winter events like we've got to watch weird summer events this year so phil what was the best olympic event that you watched this week the best i i don't know um i i watch a lot i i I thought the speed skating was exciting because it's like track and field on ice, yeah. you, you know, so speed skating was exciting. And the, and the American woman won. She was the first black female to win speed skating, regardless oh, wow. of country didn't of even representation. Know yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was pretty exciting. And it was, it was a, it was a, a cool race to watch. 
So that was fun just because I had the same excitement as track and field, right? Like, all right, this, I'm going to watch this and it's going to be over in um, minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that was fun. I saw a lot of weird stuff, like you said. And one of the weirdest things I saw yesterday <laughs> was during the biathlon, the men's biathlon, one of the competitors from China, and, and this is a just a dumb event. I mean, it just is. It's just, it's cross-country skiing, <laughs> which is hard enough. Like they're skiing like a marathon, right? Like these yeah. guys are going to drop, they cross the finish line and they all drop over, right? They all yeah. drop over They're cross-country skiing. And then you make them stop and like shoot at these targets every now and again. And you have to hit all these targets with this rifle that's on your back. Well, the guy, the competitor from China pulls the rifle over his shoulder and has, I can't even describe this, has the most ungodly amount of snot pouring out of his nose like attached <laughs> attached to his rifle and it wouldn't it didn't it didn't release so it had like this like this ooze of snot. i'm like oh this is the winter olympics right here i love it <laughs> it looked like jim carrey on the back of on the back of the scooter and dumb and dumb. we're there man <laughs> we're there man <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> chuck <laughs> follow that well oh that's tough what i enjoyed watching the most of that's part of the question was uh usa men's hockey going three and oh okay um, yeah. leading into the medal round and them beating canada which is always a, a good test heading in but weird i don't i don't know if i would consider it weird but i watched a little bit of i'm assuming it's like snowboarding half pipe is that what it is yeah the fact that like maybe four years ago when I watched it or probably eight years ago, if I had an interest in it, like 720 or something was a big deal. Like the, the fact that these dudes are like 30 feet in the air yeah. and they're spinning like four or five revolutions to me was the weirdest thing I've seen because I, I didn't know that was possible. You know, us growing up, it was mostly Tony Hawk trying to pull off a 720, uh, but these guys doing it was insane to see the tricks they could pull off. A kid from China broke like a record for like, I don't know, altitude, whatever, I don't know, vertical going up in the air. Like he was, he was more than 30 feet up in the air when he reached his peak, which is like more than he's like the third story of a building. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Like I have like nightmares situations like that, that I'm that high <laughs> yeah. in the air. Right. Yeah, I'm like coming down, <laughs> you know, that's crazy. I'm sticking with snowboarding too, but the snowboard cross it's snowboard racing with jumps, but no tricks. And they have to like slalom almost. And they do it in like heats of four people. Like you're saying, Phil, it lasts for like a minute 10 and then it's over. So it's nice and fast. It's perfect for TV. Team USA won the first ever mixed team snowboard cross. Lindsay Jacobolis and 40-year-old Nick Baumgartner took home the gold. So this sport is apparently perfect for men in their 40s. Um, it's something we should really look into. But snowboard cross was a lot of fun. Uh, the medal count right now, Norway is in first, Germany's in second. The U.S. just today took over those <laughs> from the Netherlands and were in third place <laughs> with 14. Oh. <laughs> but enough, baby, it's cold outside. Let's take a quick look at the major league baseball lockout it's still going on but the comeback is already heating up it was reported this week that major league baseball stopped testing players for steroids the agreement on testing ended on december 1st with the end of the collective bargaining agreement so right now there is a window where you could take steroids or some other performance enhancing drug and not get caught until a new deal is signed and the testing program comes back so Chucky, scale of one to five, one being Ken Griffey Jr. from his time on the Springfield nuclear plant softball team, <laughs> five being Barry Bonds on the Pirates. How likely is it that Major League Baseball players can Seiko before the start of the season? And that's right. Canseco is now a verb. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'm going to put it in the middle. I don't think players or Major League Baseball has learned a lesson. Hell, it was the fucking blueprint for it to make a comeback was steroids. So if I am one of those guys who's a tweener, hey, maybe I want to make a big league roster this year. Maybe I want to go from 15 to 25 home runs. I am cycling on as quickly as humanly possible. I am taking every growth hormone, every steroid, anything I could put into my body. Well, you might be able to clean it up whenever, the, you know, yeah, you might, yeah. You might have a clean pizza. So why not? What's it hurt other than your, you know, reputation, integrity, yeah, you that, know, spiritual health issues, maybe. <laughs> all that, yeah, all that, yeah. all I mean, that other, other than that, though, what's it really hurt? <laughs> 
I mean, it's probably not physically good for you. It might bring you back yeah. in the short term, but overall, oh. maybe not great for you. So there's a few negatives to all of this. But Phil, what do you think? People are going to be juicing in the window. Can we call it the juice window? What can we call this? Juice window from the land? The juice window? Yeah, absolutely they are. I think, you know, bigger beard Rosario might be bigger head Rosario by the time uh, camp starts. <laughs> like, who knows? People will take advantage of this for sure, especially if they're trying to make a roster spot. I don't know. I don't see the elite player doing it like in the Bonds, Maguire, Sosa era where like, all right, we're just going to shatter all these records. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe everyone does it. Uh, whatever brings baseball back. I'm all for all for it. Uh, let's let's go. Let's get the uh, HGH out and uh, let's get some get those needles, uh, clean needles. Yeah. What was the uh, the wizenator? The wizenator. So I I'll, I'll, <laughs> we could we could sell clean, clean samples of urine to these multimillionaires. We, we could get in the market for that. That could that might not be bad. OK, yeah. <laughs> I'm always interested in new investment opportunities. That's right. <laughs> Better than Bitcoin. Keep your urine clean and just sell it to these billionaires. You'll be fine. Um, I guess there's the part of me that hopes that, you know, the game learned that it, it wasn't good to do this. And so the players won't. I think there's got to be some fear that if a deal suddenly gets struck in the next two or three weeks and you're in the middle of a cycle, that you could get screwed because they might test a lot when you get back. But I think I'm with you guys. I think the natural inclination for a lot of guys is going to be, Hey, if they're not going to be testing me and I can't get caught, I'm going to do this because it's worth my career to do it. It's worth all the money and it's, you know, worth the success and I'm helping my team. And, and so I have a feeling that we might see some people can during the juice window. That's a lot of jokes all in that yeah. one little part right there. <laughs> Uh, but fellas, with that, we're going to close out this segment, take our final break and uh, take a look at the silver screen when we come back. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment from Hollywood. This week, the Academy Award nominees were announced. The ceremony will take place on March 27th. Nominated for Best Picture, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune. King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Do you think there are any movies made that didn't make the list last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Phil, which of those have you seen? Quick count. I've only seen three of them. I saw Dune, I saw Don't Look Up, and I saw Nightmare Alley. Okay. Those three of the 30 that you just listed off. Yeah. <laughs> Chucky, how about you? I've seen Don't Look Up. I passed on Nightmare Alley because Phil wasn't really selling me really hard on it when we talked about it. You should watch I it. I wanted to watch Dune, but it's a commitment, right? It's like three yeah. plus hours. Yeah. yeah, so I've seen one. And surprised, maybe as Phil would be too, that Spider-Man didn't get nominated yeah. for Best Picture this year. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the snubs. There were just too many of the actual nominees to, <laughs> right. to talk about. <laughs> so I saw Don't Look Up, Dune. And West, no, I didn't see West Side Story. Uh, Power of the Dog was the other one that I saw, um, which was, I don't know, not that great. So my first question was actually going to be, this is too many. Let's make a cut down to the four who actually deserve it. But since between us, we've only seen like four of these. I'm not sure we can do that. No. Um, but I think the other thing that kind of jumped out at me was like a movie like Dune being nominated because I enjoyed it. I understand like the visual effects were pretty sweet. Uh, and so I could see it being nominated in a category like that. But I don't think when I was watching it that I thought, oh, I'm watching like one of the best movies of the year. I, I don't Chucky, did you think you, like when you were, oh, you didn't watch Dune. You didn't see it. I haven't you didn't seen make that Dune. Commitment. Yeah, too big of a commitment. Phil, I how about you? Dune. I watched Dune. I like Dune. I saw the original as well. I'm surprised it's on this list because usually the sci-fi genre doesn't make it. And if the sci-fi genre makes it, I'm even more surprised to Chuck's point that Spider-Man didn't make it in the comic book genre because sure. Spider-Man was a better movie. And I saw them both. <laughs> it yeah. was a it was a good movie. It had everything you wanted in it. And Dune, Dune was was a I mean, I enjoyed watching it, but yeah, I don't know that I would ever have thought while watching, like, oh, this is gonna be up for picture of the year actually as much as i didn't promote it i i would i would give the nod to nightmare alley over dune even because of the type of movie it is it's it's a noir it's something that's different it's like an artistic piece that is still like the the actors in nightmare alley did a phenomenal job 
just you guys should watch it. It was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. Um, Still not selling it hard enough yeah, for me. Dune, right. Dune, yeah, so far. Not <laughs> well, that into I'll, it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. If you're going to watch like Dune was a good movie and not a great movie. And if you're stuck right. around that for 17 hours or however long it was, I mean, you can watch yeah. Nightmare Alley was uh, like two hours. So I think the, the bigger issue, and I, even though I haven't seen a lot of these films, is when they extended that category to include so many films within the last it was like within the last five years and i understood why they did it then because they wanted to attract more viewers so you would get typically movies that weren't being nominated for this category uh but it was weird weird year for cinema apparently you know like i went to a theater once this year which is yeah. the least amount i've ever been to a theater right. in my life right. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, so it's it's rough for me and, and a lot of, i wouldn't seek out a lot of the i've never been a guy who would seek out all the movies that were nominated for best picture even when it was only five or six at the most being nominated so what do you think it is that at this point gets a movie nominated for this category because i mean i think the one thing i would say from looking at this list is it's a pretty diverse range of movies i mean you've got a musical you've got this whatever phil has described nightmare alley as (laughs) you've got dune which is it's like a remake of an old you know, like it's not really an action movie. I don't know if it would describe sci-fi. it. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what Belfast Coda are about. I know Licorice Pizza is Paul Thomas Anderson. That's actually a movie that I'd really like to see. That's got like a lot of really out, good yeah. reviews. Um, his stuff's always really good to me. I like that. What does it take to get nominated for Best Picture? In the past, when it was a shorter list, I know they extended the list to what, like 10, 10 now. Uh, but in the past, when it was a shorter list, did they... Did box office have any play in so. the nomination? I don't know. It's an academy, right? It's a bunch of people sitting around a table just saying, this is a great movie and maybe there's different agendas and they argue it. Uh, you know, it's like 12 angry men. Who knows? Like it's whoever argues the best. They get their movie put on the, the list. I, I don't know what. That's a great movie. 12 yeah. angry men, the original yeah. and the remake. Yeah, yeah. both. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Both yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Good play. Good movie. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a very eclectic list. I guess that's not bad. I mean, you know, movies are great, but how do you choose the top 10 <laughs> in, in all these yeah. different categories? I, I don't know. What do you think, Chuck? What Phil's saying, it's subjective. If you have an academy or people, it's just like somebody who judges Battle of the Bands. It's it's subjective. What what you guys might think <laughs> is a great movie. I, I know you both much preferred Don't Look Up to me. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. No, I like you way better than I like. Yeah, I was about to say, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know if I like you any are, movie no, better like, than I like you. Uh, let me rephrase. You like well, that movie I mean, like got me Tombstone. Tombstone's up there, but you know, this is Chuck. Uh, but they expanded the category to include more movies, and I, I don't know what the criteria is. I, I know that there have times I've watched a lot of movies that were nominated and thought that should have won over what did win. So again, yeah. I think it's, we're going to get pers- to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of personal preference for whoever the Academy is. I really like the fact that it's eclectic. I like that. There's lots of different kinds of movies. I think that's really cool. I just don't know. Like King Richard is the one with Will Smith about like raising oh, uh, right. uh, Williams. Serena Williams. Yeah. Right, right, sister. Right. yeah. I, I didn't see it. Um, but I don't know. It's like it's like a sports movie. It's not Rudy. Uh, I don't even think Rudy ever got nominated. <laughs> no. So I I don't know. I, I guess there's just no rhyme or reason to how you get on the list. And the list being ten seems way too much to me. But are you guys committed to watching all of these movies before March 27th so that we can predict who's going to win? I'm getting no. no Phil's not no. in. Chuck's no. not in. I mean, if you give me one, you know, if you go, hey, you watch this one. <laughs> I'll go that. I'll do that. We'll do it like book report style. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah, going to exactly. watch Belfast, Chuck. <laughs> oh, Danko, you're going to watch Coda. Watch Unless it's about like an Irish Coda. boxer in the 30s. I don't want to watch Belfast. I don't think that it Coda. is. Well, Kenneth Branagh is in it. Who's Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> He's been in some stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we are totally unqualified to yeah. talk about this year's best <laughs> yeah. pictures. Yeah. So why don't we take a look back and look at what may be the worst movies to win best picture in the last 35 years. You guys let me know which one it is in 1990 dances with wolves won for best picture. It beat Goodfellas. Uh, in 1998 Shakespeare in love won best picture. It beat saving private Ryan 2002 Chicago, the musical won for best picture over the pianist. And in 1997, the English patient won over Jerry Maguire and Fargo. Which one of those was the worst 
best picture choice. It is for me, uh, as much as I loved Casino, is that what you said? Or Goodfellas? Sorry, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. It's Shakespeare in Love beating Saving Private Ryan. We talked about Saving Private Ryan not that long ago on the pod. It was such a powerful film and a great movie. Uh, And I think I've seen bits and pieces of Shakespeare in Love and was completely indifferent to it. I, I could care less. I would never watch it if it came on USA. But every time Saving Private Ryan comes on, I will watch it. That might be like a probably top 15 movie in our lifetime. Maybe. Yeah. Um, It was just so great. So uh, I think that's the biggest error uh, on the Academy's voting. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I I remember seeing Saving Private Ryan in the theater multiple times. And even the second time I saw it and I knew exactly what was going to happen, I still didn't take a breath for the first 30 minutes of that movie. Um, That was just a powerful film. And at a time where, if I remember correctly, was it was in the theater for a long time and just raking in a ton of money too, which I guess isn't part of this, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure if it's not officially part of it, 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 you can't avoid the fact that sometimes these are huge movies in the box office too. That wasn't just a summer blockbuster and it's going to, you know, make a bazillion dollars because it's the next superhero or star Wars or whatever. Like that was a, that was an amazing story and an amazing movie start to finish. So that losing out, I, I would give that the nod. The other one I was thinking, you said Fargo and Jeremy English Blair patient out one. Ink. So yeah. I actually watched the English patient and it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I've seen some bad ones. <laughs> I've been there yeah. <laughs> for a bunch of them. Probably. You know what? I think Shakespeare in love is a really good movie. It's a romantic movie, but it's like the Shakespeare stuff is cool. And, but it's not saving private Ryan. It's not as good as that movie. That's not, that's not even debatable. Dances with Wolves, I don't think I've ever seen all the way through. Goodfellas is like one of the defining movies of the 90s, I think. And for that one, not to not to win that year is, is just a crime. I don't know. Maybe Saving Private Ryan lost because Hanks had already won Best Actor, what, maybe like two of the four years before that for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. So maybe by the time uh, Saving Private Ryan came around, it was one of those things like we can't give him the MVP again uh, because he's won it too many times in previous <laughs> years. You know, it's like Jordan not winning the MVP every year or something like that. Yeah, that's what happened to Saving Private Ryan. All right, I think we all agree Saving Private Ryan should have won that that year. Um, one of the other nominees this year is Lin Manuel Miranda, and so this can be our first from the land EGOT watch. Because uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is nominated for his original song, Dos Origatis, from the Disney movie Encanto. If he wins, he'll have his EGOT. He won an Emmy for producing Hamilton, the movie for Disney Plus in 2021. He won a Grammy for Hamilton. Uh, He won a bunch of Tonys for Hamilton. Chucky, is this guy any good or can he just write the one thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to be that good at one thing. To, to <laughs> yeah. win yeah. as much as he had and have the legacy that, that he's created. So, yeah, I, I assume he's pretty talented. And I know I have not seen Encanto, but I know that soundtrack does really well. Uh, not only streaming sales, but also uh, a lot of those songs are uh, in a top 20 chart on TikTok a lot. So maybe it's one of his. So g- good for that guy. I mean, he's supremely talented. So I hope he gets his EGOT. He's getting his EGOT. Hamilton was it did all the heavy lifting, and now they handed it off to uh, Encanto to to cross the goal line at the end, right? Like that's that's what's going to get him there, and and he deserves it, man. I mean, that's like Chuck said, to be that supremely talented, even if it is for one main thing. Good for him. I agree. So, Chucky, where would you rank Miranda among other EGOTers like Whoopi Goldberg, Mel Brooks, and Marvin Hamlish? Marvin. Hamlish. Well, I didn't know Marvin ha- was he the original EGOT winner. No, who was the first? Don't say Whoopi. I, I don't was have. It? No, 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 no. Most of the EGOT winners you don't know because they're almost all composers. Oh, they write music yeah. for okay, and, you know, like movies and TV shows, and, and yeah. that's where they end up getting all these things. I enjoy Whoopi Goldberg, but I, I think I've enjoyed Mel Brooks's catalog much more. <laughs> his body of work. I mean, I can understand the the stage stuff. I can understand film. I don't know where the recording. Yeah, where was where's the Grammy? Yeah, did he Mel do a Brooks. comedy album or? Oh, I bet Mel Brooks is probably oh, maybe. From, the, from the producers. 
from the producer is where he gets the grammy. so okay. yeah I, I mean like to me even if i don't love every film he's done i'll always watch them the guy is probably one of the best comedic writers uh, in the history of comedy writing so i think he's my if I'm picking a favorite egotter, <laughs> it's Mel Brooks. <laughs> Wait a minute, what did Marvin Hamlish do? Yeah, he's a composer. Guy? Yeah, he's oh, a composer. Right. He wrote some stuff. So Mel Brooks won Grammys for musical theater album, and he has won for a spoken comedy album, and I guess yeah. he's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Well, oh, which wow. isn't okay. for anything in particular, but Whoopi's um, not in the Grammy Hall of Fame. That's for sure. I, I don't know. Sister don't Act know Two didn't get Sister her. Act Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what about you? Where would you rank Miranda among your favorite egotters? I'll put him second behind Mel Brooks and well ahead of Whoopi Goldberg. I like Whoopi Goldberg, but you know, I don't know who fills the slots between Miranda and Whoopi. <laughs> but Mel Brooks is on the top of that list. I like all his stuff, even the stuff that uh, people roll their eyes at, like Spaceballs. Oh yeah. Mel Brooks definitely on top. I guess I put Marvin Hamlish second, even though I don't know what he's done. Um, because I've assumed he's written more than like it one. Sounds really like a, like an ABA player from the early seventies. <laughs> Maybe he's got an MVP too. I don't know. Marvin, the Iceman Hamlish. <laughs> Boys, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that Mazda owners in the Seattle area have recently found their car radios permanently stuck on the local NPR affiliate. With that soft-spoken, relaxing, and informative news behind us, I hope you guys have a great week, and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that nickname. I should tell my mom about it, actually. Absolutely. Lebanese blues <laughs> should be something you stick with. Um, but the Yukon of self-inflicting arguments on yourself or something like that, right? Congrats, Chuck. It's another job, t job title for next week. Before we go any further, um, I think an American just won the woman's monobob. I think you're right. She did. Kaylee Humphreys, gold medal in the monobob. Congratulations. Probably USA's first ever monobob gold medal. Is, think, is this think... the first year of the monobob? And there's two of them celebrating. How can two of them be celebrating in the monobob? Maybe one's like the coach of John Candy. Yeah. Now they're both in uniform. Neither of them look like John Candy. Managers in baseball wear uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, All right uh, Chuck. Yo, yeah. Most, uh, most um, important. Most D. important D be doing week week <laughs> the break right i'm sorry hit the i was a little bit disappointed with the halftime show uh, maybe i was expecting too much i don't know i um, really liked it yeah yeah so maybe I, I maybe i was missing something i don't know well i liked the like their set was pretty cool like that was uh yeah that was a cool yeah. set how they did that with you know even the flooring, if you looked at, did yeah. you see that there was like overhead shots of, I'm yeah, assuming, yeah. Los it Angeles? Was like, it was all, it was all streets, like yeah. Google yeah, right, Earth. Right, right. It's pretty right. well done. Yeah, it was, that was, I thought the set was cool. Um, I don't understand why 50 Cent was upside down when he started. Like that was weird. the video. Yeah. He was upside down oh. in the video for it. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I, I didn't remember yeah. that. I didn't remember that. Yeah. I'm like, that guy's going to have a heart attack. He's 50. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, either that or he's he's put on a few LBs. Too. Oh, he yes, has. He, has. he looks well, a little bit know, softer. He to change than, his name yeah, to Dollar Bill yeah, or something. Yeah, the, oh, uh, man. That joke got made three times here. Did it really? <laughs> he's a full buck now. <laughs> Pretty sure he's got a shit ton of money and mm. eating is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, um, and he's, I don't look as good as I did when I was 25 either. <laughs> you know? Well, um, I so thought... I, I, 50s actually yeah. no no he's actually our age like he's like 46 i think okay so you know he looks like our age right when yeah saw him. yeah yeah um and then all the rest of the guys were in their 50s except then uh kendrick lamar and anderson pock are like 36 so it was a weird like representation of uh of, yeah of age range in hip-hop yeah 
I thought it was really well done. I'm shocked the sound was as good as it was. Me too. Yeah. Uh, usually, you know, there are some sound issues. Doesn't matter who's playing the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah I'm assuming because you don't have, you, you know, you have four minutes maybe to set the stage and the sound up. It's such a huge moment, though, if you're a hip hop fan that it, not that hip hop hasn't been mainstream for a long time, but the fact that it's the biggest event of the year, the most eyes in the world are watching it in, in hip hop gets a nod, which I enjoyed that part of it being a hip hop fan. Uh, I also thought like how um, not only mainstream, but how safe hip hop has become. Think of the guys who are on that stage and yeah. how they were considered scary snoop might have killed a guy right (laughs) snoop allegedly shot nine times dr dre right right uh you know like you know like a part of nwa like arrested on stage Uh, and and like yeah snoop openly a gang member in crip walking and i was just like this is um it's weird that hip-hop has been commercialized from when we were younger obviously but i thought it was a super cool moment because i never thought uh which leads me to talk more about our age uh that, that <laughs> hip-hop would be in the super bowl be that involved with the super right. bowl because it it felt like to me uh the super bowl spent <laughs> that the commercials around it in halftime spent a lot of time pointing me in the face telling me hey you're old like hip-hop <laughs> is in is is halftime austin powers that's what i was gonna say commercials. yeah they yeah. really Rubs dug shows into up the 90s, commercials right yeah. cable <laughs> guy cable yeah, guy, cable guy like, yeah. you know, like i'm old that's what it told me <laughs> Yeah, they were they were pointing their cameras squarely at us. Yeah, in our I, what, what they're saying is, is that we want you to watch this. Mm-hmm. We think you guys are, and which is funny that I, I think we're out of the target demographic now. You know, like isn't what everybody shoots for like the eighteen to thirty five range, unless you unless you're doing like joint medicine or like knee braces or something like that you know you're going depends. Yeah, well we're not quite to depends yet that's more in the 60s range but um you know like Shaq with like those things he puts on his back yeah. the hot and cold things the icy um, hot stuff icy yeah, hot. Right. that's what yeah. it is it's not yeah. hot and cold it's icy hot yeah um well, no copy so, it, so it's interesting that so much of it was like pointed at our generation and, mm. and i think if you if you want to point at our generation in our years, especially like maybe our formative years, depending on where you think our generation is, but um, how do you do it without doing hip hop? You know, Um, you know, I don't don't know. Is next year, is it going to be like Nirvana and, you know, Pearl Jam and (laughs) probably not addiction. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, probably. probably (laughs) They'll just Um, trot the Foo Fighters out there. Yeah. Foo Fighters and like blues travelers or something like, you know, I don't know. But I think one of the reasons I don't like it is because they do the songs in such small snippets. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to get into it. Like I I really liked Kendrick Lamar and Eminem were the two that I thought were like really, really good. And when Dre was on like the piano for a little bit, I thought that was really cool. I didn't like Dre like standing at the board acting like he, he was, was fucking so mixing. Yeah, I, I, so right. like, there's like, no way that doing? thing is real. I didn't need Mary J. Blige either. And I yeah. love Mary J. Blige. She yeah. sounded good though. She, she did. Sounded she sounded really great. good. Yeah. She like, sounded I, good. I appreciated the first song because Dr. Dre produced it. But the second song, yeah. I was like, man, give me a real love remix. Do something that yeah, it's you uh, know, like I was I was busting the sec- my ass Was the second too. song new? I don't know. Is that, the, is that what I have she's no promoting idea. something new? I, I, don't I, I don't know, but I thought she's got a nice catalog. She could have gave me something or yeah, of course, just not yeah. been there. Just not, not been there. Well, it's it, like to your point, Gerbs, like it's, <clears throat> you have so many acts. Now you've got to splice it up. Like everyone gets two minutes at a time, right? right? Like it's right. As, like if it was just, let's say it was just Dre and Snoop. All right, you would have heard full songs, maybe or yeah, gin and juice. How come we couldn't get gin and juice <laughs> right. at halftime? I, I love I love Snoop's I, I love Snoop's uh, uh, all all crip do rag outfit. Right, like, yeah, that was that, fantastic. Yeah. Like, all right, Rams colors. <laughs> yeah, I saw get, a video of him. The they had video of him from the the well, like one of the press boxes or something before the halftime show, smoking a doobie. It's like excellent, perfect, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Why not? 
But yeah, how else are you yeah. gonna do the Super Bowl halftime show? <laughs> <laughs> you getting high? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty impressed with uh, Dre and Snoop's ability to stick to the radio edit versions of their songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how they did it along. because the yeah. other guys didn't even try. Like, like Fifty Cent and Eminem yeah. were just like, yeah. Like, I know what words coming next. They can. They're just gonna bleep it out. You know. Yeah. Like, malfunctions right like uh, yeah wardrobe wardrobe malfunctions so like yeah. i guarantee you there'll be no wardrobe malfunctions and then everyone kind of like chuckled like oh he's just making a stupid stupid joke right and he, he looked at everyone he's like i i already spoke to eminem and 50 cent explicitly and told them to keep their dicks in their <laughs> 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 oh, i didn't see that i was like oh, oh that's man. fantastic <laughs> once once you've got the beats money you can just say whatever you yeah, want whatever right? you i want. mean he's yeah. bulletproof at this point mm. what commercials did you guys love the most the larry david one made me laugh a lot yeah Um, yeah that that was was good good. the schwarzenegger as i like the schwarzenegger one a lot man um yeah that was good selma hayek is throwing heat on the corners there's no (laughs) doubt about that (laughs) yeah um yeah and she's all she's in her 50s now i think yeah yeah um I spent a good 15 minutes analyzing the Soprano commercial. Oh, wasn't that great? That was really, really good. I spent 15 minutes going, well, first off, it was better than Saints of Newark. And secondly... Well, it had I the song. Right. I think you're right. It's the right. song like it, sets yeah, the yeah. tone so well. Right. It, it yeah, was easily it was, my favorite non-funny was, commercial. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I wonder just because it was so open-ended the finale i'm like okay i get the callback to the parallel parking yep and there's no cars to do it and and then i was like because we have no definitive answer did her and her brother are the only ones to survive yeah it? yeah carmella right. get it carmella what got too. shrapnel and got i thought it, the same know, thing i'm yeah, like it's yeah. like the first time they're seeing each other right because yeah, they right. don't say a word yes. in the commercial yeah yeah. Don't say a word. They just hug each other. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is such a good commercial. I don't if even I'm, know what it's if for. I'm, David Chevy. Chase, I'm so pissed. Like this <laughs> car dealership is, or car company is messing with yeah. my ending and giving people something to, to talk about and BS That's about. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's like if you missed a target this done. though, like oh, I, I see this. I've, I've shot now. a few rifles in my life. I've never seen anything like these things. Like they should give them an old rusty, like bird gun to shoot, <laughs> not some super sniper rifle. So, this is interesting too. Cause it, <clears throat> I, I, I thought it was standardized and maybe it's not, but in the men's event, every one of the guys, when they pulled up their rifle, it had an automatic visor on it that, that like blocked their other eye. Like they only yeah. were looking through the, the scope. That was yeah. it. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was it. it Oh, look at all the snot on this broad. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing, man. You got a, this Chinese dude oh. was like, it was unbelievable. It was, I don't even know how the human body, like he had more snot than face. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so I'm assuming, fucking hell, I was, we're talking about this way too much, but I'm assuming to be great at this sport, you must be great at cross country skiing. And then they kind of teach you how to shoot better. I'm assuming. I guess. You like, know, I, I don't know if to you, me wouldn't it like be these easier guys hit to every target to shoot instead of cross country ski. I mean, I don't yeah, know. You, I mean, it's just you have to have the ability to be a, a yeah. conditioned athlete, right? Like you're you're a yeah. Well, this that's a hard thing to get. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, a hard thing course. to get. It, it sounds like a lot of people. I mean, a Tony's got to be hard, right. You got to be on Broadway, so that's yeah. Right, yeah. very limited. A group of people. Um, Cindy Lauper needs an Oscar, and she's she's good. Oh man, she didn't. She's she got her psoriasis for, cleared up. She should be fine. She didn't win an Oscar for uh, for Goonies for her sound for a song for Goonies. Come on, true. That's true. Pacino needs a Grammy. I don't know. I can know. But you know what? You know where some of these guys get them though is um, they get them in like the spoken word. Yeah, category for Grammys like they so, they do so like a book on Pacino's tape. Release a book on. Hey, hey oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a bunch of Pacino yelling stupid shit into a microphone. <laughs> Hugh Jackson needs an Oscar. He might get that at some yeah, point. Yeah, he, he has absolutely some drama. Could, yeah, 
Wait a minute. Is there Hugh a place Jackson? Can, the coach from the Browns? Hugh Jackman. Sorry. <laughs> I am really. Jeez, oh, man. Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson and Kate Hudson can be EGOT winners. <laughs> no, wait, wait. So Hugh Jackman, what does he need? Uh, an Oscar. Oh, Which man. It's attainable. So yeah. yeah. He, so that's what I mean. Like, he's still in his prime, and he, he yeah. can get that. He can get that. Trent Reznor needs a Tony. See, he just needs oh, a somebody's got a nine inch nails Broadway version. Yeah, yeah that's right. It, right. One man show. Yeah. yeah. Pretty hate machine with just him. Yeah, exactly. On Broadway. You know, that's I interesting. You like I wonder <laughs> if um, because I thought Springsteen won a Tony for his one man show. And I know he won an Oscar for Streets of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, Does he have any Grammys? He has to have won Grammys. Like, we I'm had sure. this conversation. I don't think so. <laughs> We were surprised let me, that none let me of these consulted again. No, this was when we, we were talking about number one songs. Oh, yes, we were right. talking about yeah. that. You're right. You're right. You're right. So the so how would he how would he get an Emmy? You think he had an Emmy from something on television? No, he got no. He got his Tony for the Broadway show. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, he's his, he's got yeah. a bunch of Grammys. But but what's he yeah, missing? He an Emmy. He's missing the Emmy. He's missing an Emmy. And, the, and yeah. that's it. That's it. That's it. Well, I don't know. I didn't look up. I, I thought that he had won a Tony for his Broadway show. They should just, they could release the video footage of him and uh, Barack Obama's podcast and put it on TV and he'll, yeah. he'll win an Emmy. Yeah. Um, he won a special Tony award in 2018. A special Tony? It's like a, it's like, it's like a lifetime Tony? achievement award. Special no. Tony sounds like a nickname for someone in the mob. <laughs> <laughs> We got big pussy and special Tony on this oh, one. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, wow. That's pretty bad. Yep. 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 <laughs> it is. Yep. Yeah, that's not cool at all. Uh, if I open another beer, are you guys hanging out or you guys got to get ready to you gotta close it up? No, I'll, I'll grab another beer. I've been yeah, drinking light. I'll, I've been I'll drinking light beer, beer all night. I feel like I'm right, not yeah. even drinking. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> Funny. Funny like a clown here to amuse you. <laughs>